Mama, I know your overwhelm. That to-do list, the marriage struggles, the sleepless nights, and the desperate sense of inadequacy you often feel as a mother. I know because I've been there. But more importantly, I know that in your baby's DNA are seeds of greatness too big for you to humanly comprehend. You are thinking too small. You are raising no ordinary child. And you, Mama, are a force in the earth called to be no ordinary parent. Yes, you. My name is Denise Mira, and my book, No Ordinary Child, Unlocking the Leader Within Your Child, is chock full of the gold I mined over three decades of parenting my five extraordinary children. It's not a book of rules and more stuff you have to do. Instead of a heavy yoke, you'll find freedom. Trade in your overwhelm for an infusion of power and realize the transformation you've been longing for. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. You've come to the right place. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I'm your host. On the One More Child Podcast, we'll talk about our daily struggles, faith, family, children, relationships, and whatever the Lord brings our way. One thing you can be sure of, I will share helpful solutions and encourage you along your journey in life. And best of all, I know without a shadow of a doubt that the truth will set you free. This is your personal invitation to join me weekly on the One More Child podcast. Welcome. Hey everyone, welcome to One More Child Podcast. Today we are going to talk about the family as the bedrock of our society. Um, I call this episode Family First. You can find the show notes for today's episode at onemorechildpodcast.com, episode 35. And today my special guest is a crowd favorite, and that is Denise Mira. Uh, you can find Denise at Denise Mira, and that's uh, D-E-N-I-S-E-M-I-R-A.com. And she's got all kinds of uh, great information there as well as, um, you know, some downloads and things you can get if you join her email list. Welcome, Denise. Thank you, Felice. It's an honor to be here with you today. Well, it is always joyful because I think between the two of us, we could probably talk all day and these topics are, <laughs> are so needed. They are so needed um, for our families and especially with what's happening in our world. Um, you know, as we record, our, it seems like our whole world is falling apart. But even if you're listening to this in five years, um, there is always going to be something <laughs> happening uh, within the family because uh, Satan, let's, let's be honest. He hates families. He hates anything that has to do with godliness. And, uh, you know, the family really is, um, you know, the epicenter of, of humanity. And without the family, without strong parents, uh, the kids are just going to flounder. And yes, there's an exception to every rule. Uh, but we know um, that it is so important. So, uh, share with us, uh, you know, your your uh, take here on how many societies really have fallen because of, mm. of, of family problems. 
Well, what what's so encouraging to me in this time as we've got a president, he said this very thing, he said, family is the bedrock of our society, President Donald Trump. I felt like that was so important that he underscored that. I, I think that we've come so far, so many generations of public schooling and, and people not, uh, children not really uh, understanding and being discipled and parents maybe not even knowing how much about biblical training. We've come to a point in time and, and all modern culture trying to, to switch up what family means and, oh, well, you can have two moms and two dads. And, but but when, when President Trump said that family is the bedrock of our society, it made me think, and my husband and I were just talking about it, and I thought, you know, you cannot possibly overstate the importance of strong families to stabilize and bless a nation and then ultimately a world. And it, it just seems that Family is continually under siege, and probably because it's so vital, so important, the bedrock of society. Um, of course, it's going to be under siege. Of course, we're going to have targets on our backs, mom and dad, when we're trying to do the right thing. Of course, it's going to be hard. It's going to be war, because when families are continually under siege, uh, it, we, we see we see the crumbs of that rolling around on the ground right now. Here I am in Seattle. Um, all these out of control um, millennials, young adults, there are some older adults, but so many are young adults are burning the city down, are trashing police cars and on and on and on and on and on violence. And we have to look back and say, okay, let's connect the dots and say, did they even understand family? Were they raised in a family? Were, did they have a mom and a dad? Did they have, were they raised in childcare? Were they foster kids? Were they in an orphanage? Were they, you know, through multiple marriages? I don't know, but I know this. I know that family makes all the difference. And the nuclear family, let's just revisit that and remember that's two parents with children, that trumps all other stated forms of family. And all of our governments are trying to be politically correct and say that, oh, you know, it's okay. It's a family is where you're loved or a family, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> a family biblically, biblically is a man and a wife to becoming one is what the word of God says to me. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh and then they should... Uh, procreate and fill the earth with little children. That's what my Bible says. And, and that gender clarity that fathers should model godly manhood and masculinity and mothers should model godly femininity. And so there's no gender confusion in the nuclear family that God has established in the word of God. And that's what we're talking about here today. We're not politically correct. We're not trying to please people. We're trying to say what works, what will make your life work? Your life will work way, way better if you build a strong family. And then that will trickle down into all society. And then you'll have less crime, less taxes, less, less of all the bad stuff, right? Because right now, as I'm sitting here in my home, I have two different alarm systems on my home, plus more, uh, I've got several little, you know, cameras and things. And why? Because the family broke down in our culture. Why do I see on my ring camera every day, people, you know, strolling the streets, grabbing packages off porches, stealing bikes from garages, you know, you breaking into back windows. Why? 
Where's mom and dad? Where's the family? To me, you, you can pretty much leave it at that to say what's happened to America. What has happened to this nation? Break down of the nuclear family. And I, and I believe that you would agree with that. Yeah, I do. And there, there's a second aspect of that besides the breakdown, because God gives us free will. And that is, you know, your decision, what you, you ultimately um, want to do. But I feel like a lot of it has to do with selfishness and putting me first. And the abdication of parenting to the state. Um, at one point in time, I read this book that was uh, just really scared me. It was when I began homeschooling and the state was trying to, um, you know, give these standardized tests and parents had to agree. Well, they changed the law. So now it doesn't matter what a parent says. If your child is in public education and the state or the nation wants to give a specific test, you have no say, none. You wow. cannot see the results. Wow. You cannot. Well, even in college, I mean, my, my children get their grades. So what has happened there? My grades and when yep. I was in college went to my parents. Yeah. Uh, so things, there you go. things have, have shifted. And I think that's where the, this millennial breakdown um, is with it has shifted from very, very carefully and very orchestrated and very organized. There's no mistakes here that it's shifted from the parents being the role models. And this is where you get your information from to let's gather, which this book explained all of the information we need to re-socially engineer humanity. And so Absolutely. That's, that's what they have done. And so when we look at the family breakdown and how society has broken apart and what you're seeing, and I feel terrible for you because I live, you know, at the other end of the, of the earth from where you live in, in Florida. Um, but when I see what is happening and I watch it on television, I am so horrified, Denise, that I have to turn it off because I cannot wrap my head around um, the outrage and you know, the, the um, total disregard of, mm -hmm. of everything. I mean, not, I, we're not going to get into the argument is, you know, was any of this warranted? Protests are fine. Um, violence is not. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just a sad state that we're in when we look at these things and really break them down. So we want this to be a, uh, you know, we're going to explain some of the problems, but then we're going to give you some solutions. So bear with us. So Absolutely. Ahead. Because I think this is actually so doable. I, I know like people will say, I think we're done. I think America's over. I'm like, heck no. <laughs> I mean, we have the answers and this is the answer. Uh, I totally agree with you. We, so many have defaulted to the nanny state because they've got their hands out with money and resources. And let's face it, so many children in America and in, in, in other westernized nations of the earth do not have the attention of their parents because why? We are distracted people who want to pay someone else to engage our children because we're busy getting a bigger house and two cars and a good vacation and a retirement and a 401k. I, I, just, I mean, I gotta just tell it like it is. We've got to get back to basics and biblical living. And, and the fact is, 
we, we've got to do our job. If we do our job, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you Absolutely. said, uh, your kids get their own grades. They get their own messages. Same way. I can't even talk to my son's doctor about his condition. My, our daughters could get an abortion without us ever knowing or having our permission. It, it means that is where, what we've come to. And so what's happened is all the enemies of the good have actually been sharper and more strategic than even the church has about what we know is good because we have forgotten to a large degree that the most important work you and I will ever do police will be within the four walls of our homes. The most important work we would ever, ever conceive of doing is inside the four walls of our home. I believe that with all my heart. And now we're seeing the fruit of that. You're seeing the fruit of that in your children from being home with them. I'm seeing the fruit of that by God's grace that somehow he rescued me from my self-centered ways and my traditional ways of thinking about, you know, dropping my kids off at every door at every age. Somehow he rescued me and took me back to truth and said, Denise, first things first, home with your kids. And so, so that's where we've got to, we've got to go back to that because what a tragedy. And in my, in my city, it's quite an affluent city. What a tragedy to see the multitudes of wealthy orphans living alone most of their days, hardly ever seeing their parents, having everything money could buy, but nothing they really need. That's what so much of the general, I bet, I would tell, I would venture to guess that a lot of those kids in Seattle came from means because, uh, because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of money in Seattle. Just Google Redfin housing, Seattle. It blows your mind. These, these are not all poverty children. These are not all welfare children. These are children who, who were not raised by parents. They were raised from one institution to another institution. And institutions can never raise our children the way we're called to raise our children. It's like taking an eagle and putting them in a cage for years versus, and, and, and worse than that even, rather than letting that eagle soar freely. It's, it's insane when we look at how institutions are taking over. I, I just saw a, a statistic that Mark Hyman, he's one of my favorite functional medicine doctors to follow on Instagram, just so much good stuff if you're trying to feed your family right and, and pursue greater health. But he said this, he said, U.S. kids now are eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks at their public schools. Uh, excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> what is that all about? That's called institutional life. That's called nanny state. That's called mommy and daddy are not raising the children. And then these children grow up and they're 14 or 16 or 18 and you look at them and go, who are you and what did you do with Joey? And, and the fact is, Joey doesn't have your handprints or your DNA because you did not raise Joey. And that's, we've got to get back to, to basics. We've got to get back to family. We've got to get back to home life. We've got to understand, according to 1 Corinthians 4, 2, and I don't want to dominate the whole conversation, but Absolutely. 1 Go Corinthians ahead. 4, 2, 2 says, now it is required that those who've been given a trust, a sphere must prove faithful. And when we have children, we aren't having pets. We aren't getting a purebred pooch. We are getting a human being, a priceless, precious human being. Our sphere has expanded to be mother and father. When we're operating in that sphere, this is how I see it. This is how I see it. A mom or dad operating in that God-given role as a parent is the most powerful person in the world in that God-given sphere. 
a God-given role is, is a function that no one else can fill. No one else can take your place, mom, dad. It's uniquely yours to maintain and protect and develop to its highest possibility. You have so much power. And I feel like I'm trying to take blinders off parents' eyes time and again to remind them of who they are because culture doesn't remind them of who they are. Culture beckons them to dangles the carrots in front of them and tells them to chase. Oh, they need an RV and they need a Disney vacation and they need a bigger house and they need, and they need, and they need Joanna Gaines to decorate their home and they need, and it's all, it's just all perceived value. So they're basically chasing cow dung. And in 20 years they get, they get the results of that. And it's, it's heartbreaking and it's just God's truth proven true. So I just, I want to encourage parents, you are the superheroes of your culture. The nuclear family is the most powerful force in the earth. If we'll, if we'll use it according to God's plan, um, it, it provides Absolutely. leadership, yeah. accountability, self-government, which these kids in Seattle, they have no leadership. They have no accountability. They have no self-government. It provides protection. It provides financial resource. It provides stability. The family provides everything the institution can't provide. The institution just cuts the heart, soul, spirit out of family. That's exactly what it does. Right now, if you saw the sex education curriculum, our governor and his wife have helped to create, at least I know his wife has, he's he's promoting it, your hair would curl. You would not believe what they're going to give to your little kindergartners, the pictures they're going to see. I've seen a sample of it. I, I, I can't comprehend that Christian parents would put their children in this system. We, we've got to say it. It's, it's, it's not, you know, this isn't leave it to beaver days. This isn't, this isn't, you know, Mr. Rogers neighborhood anymore. You know, I went to a public school and actually it was reading, writing and arithmetic. It was, I can't remember anything that ever crossed, um, they, they honored family. They, we ate good food. It was, it was a whole nother world back then. Right. But that's not how it is anymore is that's not how it is. And we've got to, we've got to face that squarely and realize we can't depend on the government. The government that, that imprisoned us in our homes for how many months killed how many, um, how many of our wonderful small businesses in the last three months made us wear masks everywhere. And I don't want to get political, but I, but, but, it, but I just have to say, if you do your research and you realize what's really going on here, all the, and even I'm still in lockdown in my state. I can't go get my hair done. With, I haven't got my hair done. I can't go. I, I, can, I could tell you many things I still can't do according to our government rule. Okay. So you look at that and those are the people you want running your children's education. Now tell me that that makes sense to a Christian head. I, I just can't even, I can't even. Yeah, We've got to be honest. We've got to think the truth. Yeah, we do. And, you know, there's, there's a lot that's happening, um, you know, that, that we have no control over. And we have just realized that because, uh, you know, truthfully, our, our powers are being uh, trampled on. And uh, the first thing I want to say is when you don't have discipline and there's no recourse, uh, all heck will break loose. Um, what happened in your town, in your state, um, was tried various places and they were shut down. Mm. So mm. I think when you look at these, you know, these families and these statistics and these kids, um, I also see that. I see that 
parents, it's a lot of work to discipline. Come on, Denise, you and I know it, right? You're just Oh, it's relentless, relentless, yeah. perpetual. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, you just sat down, you're exhausted, you know, you've got a little one on your hip and, and, um, you know, you're, you're just getting ready to nurse the baby and then your, your three-year-old does something. And you, you whine and complain and you, you know, the threatening repeating parent, that was me, you know, you're, you're threatening and you're counting down and all these other things and your kid just does it. If you don't get up and take care of it, however that is or whatever that is, um, you are going to have a nightmare on your hands. The smaller mm -hmm. they are, the easier they are to discipline and the kids that just pitch a fit and think they can get away with it, um, we're going to continue to get away with it. They're going to get louder. They're going to scream louder. They're going to torture your and make your life horrible. And parents that were not there for their kids because they worked or did whatever, they have the hardest time because they miss their kids. They love their kids. So when their kids are with them, they think, oh, uh, the equation of love is to spoil. And so what we have on mm. our hands is, you know, kids that are spoiled. Did I spoil my kids? Of course I did. Um, we all do that because we love them. But then we have to realize at some point uh, that we are going to have to get up out of the chair and act. And I know that, um, you know, society breaks down when the family breaks down and there's been a breakdown in the family. The divorce rates are, are ridiculous. Do you have those stats um, on, on that? Well, I know the latest that I knew were, were that at least 50% of all marriages, including Christian marriages, are failing and that I think that only changes by a couple of degrees either way mm -hmm. and so you're exactly right um, it's and we we had talked in we in one of our previous podcasts on the power of fathering we we talked about the statistics and when you look at the fact and this was 10 years ago that 68% of all black children and 30% of all kids in America are being born outside of family outside of marriage that is a scary thing. That's, it's back to the power of family. Um, when, when the family breaks down, society breaks down. And the family, I've even heard about the power of just the family dinner table, just families eating together. And, and it's probably, those statistics are probably really high because a family that eats together is probably a family that does a lot more together than just eats. Um, right, right. Because a parent that makes that an intention to do that. But I, I know that Yuri Brenner he proposed uh, that most kids, the majority of kids born after 1979, have never held, nurtured, or cared for a baby by the time they are 18 years old. Why is that? Think about that. It's because of the mutation of our society due to the breakdown of the family. Because our society is mutated. I know how many, I call them my orphan puppies, would sleep on my couch how many orphan puppies, you know, kids that just didn't have strong families, didn't have dads around, didn't have, and I'm sure your couch was the same, Felice, that we would have, we would, we would, you know, informally adopt uh, the puppies that needed a place to eat, a place to play, a place, because they're longing, longing, longing to be in a safe, normal, quote unquote, mm -hmm. that, what, what is normal, right? But uh, not perfect. Our house was very loud. <laughs> So but, but a place where they, yeah, where they knew they were safe and they knew uh, they were loved and they knew they could open the fridge and eat and knew. So 
when I look at that statistic that most of the kids born after 79 have never held, nurtured, or cared for a baby by the time they're 18, that is a scary t- statistic in my mind. That's yeah. back to institutionalized society, not, not appreciating our fertility, not having children, not honoring marriage, all about the family, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's the majority of these evils and these, uh, you know, issues that are happening, a lot of it can be attributed to the, you know, the pushing of birth control, because that's where you get this 50%. When you you go back and you look at those statistics, and I'm not sure I have it in my book, but um, the One More Child book that I wrote, but there's this discrepancy in this, uh, you know, vast difference that when birth control was accepted um, among Christians, that's when those numbers evened out beforehand. Wow. The rate was, because just think you can, you know, women can be promiscuous as men and not have to, you know, deal with the consequences. Of course, there's, um, you know, and and then the abortion rate is so high. Uh, That's another thing that um, is disproportionate among uh, the races is the abortion rate is much higher in the black community. And, you know, it, it's, um, it's so devastating and sad to me because there are so many people that want to adopt. And, um, you know, I've had a friend, so a, a friend and my brother both had to go out of the country because they could not um, adopt children in, in the U S they just, there were no kids to be had basically, you know? Wow. Uh, so, um, and, and it could have just mm. been that time frame. but so, you know, it's, it's so sad and God bless the moms who are the single moms who had the, had their kids, God bless you. And, you know, mm. and we just pray for you. Um, but it is so important that we realize, you know, as we're going through this, that there are some things that are important. Like you said, one of the things um, is the dinner table. Um, another thing is just showing solidarity as parents. My husband and I both parent uh, 90 degrees differently in styles. You know, I am much stricter and stronger than he is. Um, but what I have found is that um, when we discuss these things, we really had to go into another room because I would say that something, you know, like, no, you can't do this. And he would say, well, and he, he, you know, before we even let it get that much further, but I would say, you know, you're undermining my discipline. Because if you're not going to stand forward and say, you know, and he thought I was way too strict. And so, you know, we look at these things and we think, how many times have you heard you don't look at the family, you're not marrying the family, you absolutely are marrying the family, you know, because Mm. you need to go back and you need to look at that and say, okay, so he was, you know, had a very demanding disciplinary father, God bless him, but he was very strong. And so my husband didn't want to parent like his dad did. So he Mm. went the opposite way. So we had to work on that and come to some sort of an understanding and agreement. And, um, you know, it doesn't help. Uh, Like I always say, never tell a woman she's right. As much as we want to hear that we're right. I always tell my kids and, you know, my husband, please prove me wrong. Because, um, what ends up happening is we get this grandiose, like I'm always right. And you guys are just, you know, wasting my time. 
Um, but, but my daughter, um, who now has all these little ones, she told me at one point in time in her 20s, she said, um, you know, I always thought dad was this perfect parent and you are way too strict. And she goes, now I've realized that he was the perfect parent because you stabilized us or something like that. Wow. And, I, and it's, I was definitely not the perfect one. And I was the one who always said no. So there has to be a balance, right? You can't always say no. Sure. But, um, but it was just, you know, some things are just ingrained. And so we have to, as we're sharing this about family, if you have something from your past or you learned something as, um, you know, that you inherited from, you know, your, your upbringing um, or your genetics, you know, like people will say, well, I'm, you know, like I'm Italian. Well, I can yell and, and rant and rave because I'm Italian. No, you know, that doesn't give you the right to rant and rave because of your nationality. You know, you just, right. you have to realize what that is and deal with it. And it may take a lot of prayer. You know, it may take counseling. Um, it may take uh, giving yourself a time out. I've had to say to my kids, uh, you know what? I am so upset with you. This is more like when they're in their teens, right? You can't just say, go to your room. You know, like, please send me to my room, mom, please. You know? um, don't you wish somebody would send you to your room? You know, I used to always say that. Yeah, too. yeah. But um, I would just say, I am so upset with you right now. I don't know what the discipline will be. So I'm going to go to the Lord and pray about it. And there was a laugh the first time I said that. Okay. It was like, yeah, right. But I am telling you families, if you want to find the perfect, the perfect discipline for your child, just pray. And it's not going to be what you think. Like for one wow. child who loved to wear his socks, the Lord gave me take away his socks. And I thought, do you know that that worked? Do you know that that worked? Oh my goodness, I Another love child, it. It was give me the keys to your truck because he had gotten this truck and he kept his truck keys upstairs so no one could move it or touch it or anything. And it was, you know, I call it his precious. If you've watched Lord of the Rings, you know what the precious is. <laughs> so it's finding whatever that precious is that that child has. Yes. And only God yes. can do that. So it goes back to, we need a relationship with the Lord. You know, even if you think you have a relationship with the Lord, it can always be improved. Um, just about every day, I just ask the Lord, please, Lord, come into my heart in a deeper way. That's been my prayer mm. because I've been very mm. almost despondent, you know, and I, I, I'm big on let's not date these podcasts. But for any of you that are listening, you know, even if it's five years from now, you're going to remember this time and you're going mm. to remember how you felt during this time. And so I have had to just go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, just come into my heart in a deeper way. Let me focus on you, Lord. Let me not focus on what's happening, but use my voice. And I am just praising God, Denise, that he's given, um, given you a voice you know, to, to be able to share this, um, you know, so, so, you know, go ahead and comment. And then um, you were going to share, you know, mothering and fathering versus managing, because I think that is um, a very pivotal point um, in relationships mm. and in family. Well, when you look at, you were talking about, we were talking about institutionalized uh, raising of children 
um, when I think about Deuteronomy 6-7, which, you know, we know that scripture like the back of our hands and there's so many versions, but basically it says, uh, God says, these words I am commanding you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Okay, that, that infers that you're going to be at home with your kids. And when you walk along the road, you're going to hang out with them. You're going to spend time with them walking, which actually this COVID-19 thing, the silver lining of this entire thing, and I know there's many silver linings we're going to hear about, but it is the mandatory home education where it upended the lives of multiplied millions of parents uh, across, probably way, way, way more. I'm thinking now about the whole world modern culture suddenly was 100% responsible for their children. They were living life together and it's been messy, but I got to tell you, I said from the beginning and I, and I can't wait to see the numbers. A lot of parents aren't going to be able to go back because they had not had the time to talk about anything when they sat at home because they were never home. <laughs> they never walked along the road, but now I see families, literally some parents walking together. That's doesn't happen in America to speak of unless they're walking to a show in Seattle. But they day by day, the same parents and the same kids walking and talking and chumming around. And it says, and when you lie down and when you get up, that's home, that's family. That's how we're to impress our children. That's how we're to raise our children. It doesn't say, hey, hand them a sticky note with a scripture as you drop them off at the door of the first place and then you drop them off the door at the next place because that's it life. And when we look at the power of mothering and fathering, that's, that's different than just managing a young life. You know, a lot of moms and dads, they can sign up the paperwork, they can get the school stuff, they can, you know, they can make sure there's something to eat in the fridge. That's managing. Mm -hmm. But when you're mothering and fathering, they are the first things that are on your heart when you wake up and they are the last things on your mind when you go to bed and they are the thing you think about when you wake up at two in the morning. That's when you know you're a mother and a father and you are investing. You are working your land. You are seeing the sphere that God's given you as a garden that you have got to nurture or you won't eat. You've got to plant that seed. You've got to tend that seed. You've got to water. You've got to fertilize. You've got to cover that plant because the frost is coming you've got to watch out for for the rodents who want to eat all the peas you got to you hear what I'm saying it's a whole right, other mindset right. it's a whole paradigm shift it's a whole different thing than just dropping them off with lunch money or a card you know to school and not seeing them for 12 hours and then everybody gets home they're tired they're exhausted they're in five different places watching tv they go to bed and they start over the next day and weekend is basically uh netflix and you know and and friends and it's just it breaks my heart because I see the power of family, the power of living life together, the power of, of rubbing off on our kids and imparting our DNA on our children, both spiritually, emotionally, physically, in every way. They have our heart. They walk out the I've had three grown sons this week come to me, one in tears, thanking me for raising him. They've all been thanking me for raising them right because they're seeing what's going on around the world and they see how deceived people are and how how political everybody's gotten when it's not about politics. This is about family breakdown. This is about parenting problems. All society's problems are parenting problems. They're like, mama, thank you that I'm not stupid. Thank you that I, that you took the time. Thank you that you gave me your heart. Thank you that I'm not going to follow suit with all that, that the government decrees are, are handing down to me right now because they're not God's decrees. Thank you. I mean, 
that's God's grace, Felice, because I would have been the first woman, you know, to be divorced twice. Probably, I, I probably would have been three abortions in, who knows? All I know is God's grace saved me and set me on the rock of Christ. And Praise now God. my testimony is, is his grace and family works. Right. Well, and that's the thing, you know, we all are fallen and we, we just are putting our hope in something that is not going to be there, whether it's that self-help book or the latest greatest or someone who has got, you know, is telling you they have all the answers and you need to empower yourself and women first. Um, you and I, like I said um, in a previous episode, we're both very strong-willed women, very, very, you know, um, uh, strong in our desires and our hopes and our wants. But, but we both um, have realized that without the Lord as our focus and our, you know, um, our go-to, um, first God, then husband, then everything else, you know, kids. Uh, you know, and, and I, I really uh, appreciate what you said about the, that we've become institutionalized uh, because I um, always joke that, you know, I was starting to abdicate my rights as a parent. Uh, my son was speech delayed. So I listened to the doctor who told us to put our child into a, day, a daycare, like a preschool. And it was a very good preschool. Um, I researched it and I have a background in early childhood education. So um, I knew this was a great preschool. It was a very expensive preschool. And um, I put my, my son um, oldest there and no, he did not learn how to talk being in preschool. Um, he was just needed speech therapy. Um, and then my daughter, um, but then I homeschooled him. You know, and so, uh, you know, I always joke that, uh, you know, God took the blinders out at one point and uh, gave me a, a child that I knew that I could educate and not have to put him in special ed, edu uh, you know, classes because, mm. uh, you know, I happened to be um, equipped in that way. God gave me this uh, gift of education. So a lot of times we don't see that because we're selfish and you know, we just want to uh, do what we want to do because you know what? We're finally adults. We finally get to call the shots. But truthfully, in our mm -hmm. lives, <laughs> uh, you pretty much don't ever really get to do what you want to do. And truthfully, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good, Felice. Oh, my goodness. But yes, the institutional. And you know, the COVID thing shutting down churches, shutting down schools, shutting. Yeah. There was something inside me that said, as much as I could argue politics about all that, I, I feel like it was really good for parents to suddenly have be at the helm of everything in life. Because if we're looking at a church to save our kid, we are sorely misguided because that is not the church's job to save our kid. If we're looking at public school to make, to build a great kid, we are sorely misguided or a private school or any school mom and dad are on the hot seat and mom and dad are the ones. And I, I felt like it was in essence, God saying, let's put the responsibility back where it belongs at home in family on parents. I think it's been so healthy for so, 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 so many people. And they're becoming addicted to it because they're finally engaging emotionally with their children in a way they never ever had time to. And they're, they're seeing good fruit in their kids. So I think it's been a wonderful experiment in that way. 
Oh, I do. Uh, it, that was like the only silver lining in it. I felt like even my college kids came home and they finished their education on a computer uh, with their teachers long distance. But I felt like God gave us that gift. I, I mm. am not happy that the churches were closed or that the churches listened to the state and closed um, because I felt like that was definitely, um, um, you know, a, a amendment issue over but, overreaching overreaching right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but um i i do I, you know i know that i got closer to the lord during this time especially because um you know of so many things and and prayer and so forth but um mm-hmm. but you call the parents uh superheroes of our culture so share that with us wow well as i was saying i mean when you when you look at the power that they wield when they're operating in the sphere God's given them, no one else can take that place. And when we look at the statistics um, of the breakdown of, of family, as we did in our, in the previous podcast that we, that we uh, chatted about, when we look at broken families and their, the children's likelihood to become dropouts, this is, this is fact. And I have statistics to back this up. I won't give you citations right now, but the it, it pushes a child into the likelihood of becoming a dropout, a drug addict, a suicide victim, a target of childhood sexual abuse, as well as one who suffers from mental illness. How many kids are on antidepressants right now? It's it's no, mind boggling. How many kids are yeah. on are on ADHD medicine? Mind boggling. Um, as well as they're more they're they lean more toward being unemployed as adults, if you can believe that. Um, not to mention that when dad's not around, so basically breakdown of the family again, 70% of our millions of men incarcerated in the U.S. never had a relationship with their father, which means they did not have a strong family. So when I say parents are the superheroes of our culture, all society's problems, crime, high taxes, incarcerations, we could go down the list, everything happening in Seattle right now, connect the dots. Those problems, society's problems, are parenting problems. When we break off, when we break up the family, when we take mom and dad out of the picture, this is what we get, what we're seeing played out before us in our culture. So when parents do their job, when parents do their job, all those stats flip. So that's what I mean when I say parents are the superheroes of our culture. Parents doing their job with all their hearts changes society. That's, it's mind-blowing, but but. Society's not telling us this, and so parents forget this, and they become weary and tired, and they want fun, and they want freedom, and they, they forget who they are. They forget the role that they can play to impact the earth just by being mom and dad, just by sticking it out in marriage, just by you know, being home with their kids, just by turning off the TV, just by embracing biblical values, because I, I don't think the church at large is much different than the world in many ways. And I'm sad to say that, but I've traveled the world and I've seen firsthand what we're dealing with in churches and what we're dealing with, with the kids in churches. And I just think we've got to get back to basics as people of God and take our, take our place, you know, and change the world. That's what we got to do. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that so many times people um, have allowed, um, you know, others, whether it's a school or the church or a friend or, you know, caregiver or whatever that is uh, to, uh, you know, do what, what you think they, they can do better than you. And that is so not true. So 
again, um, you know, thanks for joining me, Denise. You can find Denise's information at Denise Mira. That's D-E-N-I-S-E-M-I-R-A.com. Uh, you are a rock star. I've said that before. <laughs> You're like amazing oh. how you get started. And, uh, you know, it has just been um, a blessing to have you on today. And also, I would like to um, share with the listeners, if you want to find the show notes for today's episode, um, I'm entitling this uh, Family First. Uh, you can find the show notes at One More Child Podcast, episode 35. Um, and we will be back with some more great episodes. In fact, we are going to do one um, about grandparents uh, coming up. Uh, thanks so much, Denise. Oh, thank you, Felicity. Great to be here. Bye-bye now. Have you ever considered having another child? One More Child is my story of personal growth and a journey of faith. In this book, I share snippets of my life and the reasons for the choices I made early on in my marriage. That was to limit our family size. However, the Lord had other plans and eventually we made a decision to have more children and this changed my life forever. I invite you to read One More Child, which is available in print and on Kindle on Amazon. Are you ready for a break? Does a week-long retreat sound great? Well, friends, you're invited to a retreat. I have partnered with some amazing friends and we share our hearts at the Come Away My Beloved Retreat. This is your invitation to overcome your obstacles and become the powerhouse that you are designed to be. You will not want to miss this and we are recording so you don't have to. Join us all from the comfort of your home on your time and download the videos to watch whenever you need encouragement. Go to mediaangels.com forward slash moms retreat for more information. That's mediaangels.com forward slash M-O-M-S-R-E-T-R-E-A-T.